style, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of Wow Cool Robot, a show about Mobile Suit Gundam, specifically a show about Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta. I'm Max, I use he, him pronouns, and with me, as always, is Jake. Hey there, Max, I'm Jake, and I use the he, him pronouns also. Okay, let me tell you about my tale of woe, Jake. Not not a minute ago, I, I finally was able to get into the recording studio, and I said, Jake, I have a crazy story, but... I'm going to save it until we're on mic. It's been a minute and a half later, and now we're on mic. So, as you know, we just moved into our apartment, my girlfriend and I, like, literally a week ago. And, you know, we had to do the whole checklist of, like, what's wrong with your apartment? So they can, you know, uh, send maintenance to check it out because, you know, stuff's wrong with the apartment. And it's not our fault because it was like this when we moved in. So we don't have to, you know, get tanked on our deposit or what have you. And we didn't realize this until a couple days later but the dryer doesn't really work is the thing. It's really important to have a working dryer. And, you know, we're, we're fortunate enough to have an apartment that has a washer and dryer in it. We don't have to, like, you know, go to the, the clubhouse building or we don't have to go to a laundromat or anything. And, for you know, we're grateful and privileged for that. But this dryer, who I, I think it was three people who lived here before us. And I guess they just didn't really know how to keep things clean because the dryer, I, and now we were like, you know, why is the dryer not cleaning our clothes? They're barely drier. They're, they're still damp coming out. As it turns out, the fucking, much like, much like you can slap a unicorn Gundam just chock full of fucking psycho frame, you can slap a dryer full of lint. This thing had oh, no. so much lint in it. Like, at first I was like scooping it out with a fork. And when I got too deep, I was like, okay, well, shit, we can't really get anything more than that. This will have to be good enough. And then I decided to try and take a screwdriver and take it apart. But as it turns out, it's way harder to take these things apart than it would seem. And it was oh, such you a know, pain in the ass. Yeah, it was, was not worth the effort. And I wasn't going to risk getting in trouble for trying to take apart something where I can just be like, okay, fucking all that maintenance do it eventually. And I was like, well, hold on. If I take it apart a little bit. Just so there's a little bit more wiggle room between the lint trap and the front frame of it, I can kind of wedge it open a little bit more than usual, and I can stuff a vacuum, like the the little long cleaning handheld nozzle down there. And you can tell that the people who lived here before were stupid, because there's a plastic spoon <laughs> in there. Clearly they'd use that to try and scoop out the lint. And it what? dropped, and they just didn't do anything about it, and they left it in there and just continued to let the lint pile up. So they were aware of the problem, but never did anything about it. And I just have to oh wonder, my God. why didn't they get maintenance to work on it? Or maybe maintenance just didn't work on it. But maintenance has been good to us. We're new. I don't know. Maybe maybe they've pissed off the people who, who run the whole apartment complex. Either way, we filled, like, two vacuum canisters full of lint. So hopefully, my clothes are drying as we record right now. Hopefully when I'm done, I can check on my clothes and they'll be dry. Fingers fucking crossed. I don't expect it to happen, but I hope it does. Man, if you just like empty the lint trap out every time you do the, the, I know. the laundry. It's not <laughs> it's, hard. It's almost like it's there for a reason. It's almost like it's built into every washer and dryer for a specific reason. Whatever, man. It's ridiculous. Oh my god, this is this is wild. I am just like, who lives like this? Like, who who would who would do such a thing? That's my tale of woe. I mean, I guess on brighter news, I um I got some sound foam for my office. They're cool. They're all hexagonal oh, nice. shaped. So I kind of Ooh, and, and they have like fancy. an adhesive back. So I just kind of stuck them onto my wall. It's kind of like a beehive, 
I, I got 12 of them. It came in the pack. And I honestly, I honestly might order another pack if like this makes a noticeable difference because, you know, I can still kind of hear the echo in my head. I don't know if it'll show up while I'm recording. Hopefully it's work. Hopefully it's better than it was last week. Either way, that's my fucking update. How are you doing, Jake? I am doing pretty fantastic. Um, there is like a, a part-time gig for a bookstore that I really like. Um, mm. And I, I went in and put an application for that. And I was like, maybe I can get like a second job just for the weekends or something. Uh, something, you know, just kind of fun. Um, yeah. And so we'll see how that goes. Fingers crossed. Um, and God, I just love old bookstores. Me too. I love books. I need to read more. I got some cool sci-fi books for Christmas from my mother that I am looking forward to having time to read. I went to uh, this bookstore that I applied at the other day, and that's where I you know, found out that they were hiring. And um, I, I, I bought a couple books, like one that I've heard was really good, one that I've read some other stuff by that author. And then um, I was just kind of perusing the $1 section. Ooh, and I found fun. I found a book called Michael and the Magic Man, and um, I looked it up. This uh, author's never written anything else, but sure. it's got decent reviews, and it just sounds absolutely buck wild. Is it about Michael Jordan and Irving Magic Johnson? No, it is about uh, it is about some failed actor named Michael who is traveling around in the back of a van with uh, the Magic Man, trying to save the world from invaders. Well, Dan, that sounds pretty fucking cool to me. It's uh, it's kind of goofy, and I love it. Well, hey, Jake, speaking of kind of goofy and loving it, would you like to talk about Gundam? Oh, I'd love to. Just Gundam time, you know what you're here for. We got our little banter out of the way. We got some episodes. These were pretty fun, I think. I like them. I had a good time with these episodes. The, the third episode kind of kind of got me in the feels a little bit. It was yeah. a little like oochie, ouchie, oofy. But it was still really bit. good. It's good. So, anywho's, I, again, I'm using the Gundam Wiki's episode summaries, so they're a little less in-depth than mine are. But that's okay. We'll fucking, you know, you know, we, we love it. Um, Let me, okay, I have it up. I have it up. All right, Jake, let's get into it. Without any further ado, we're going to start out this week talking about Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta Episode 22, <laughs> Judo Sorties, or Judo Into Battle, um, one of the two. I guess, you know, the translation's not necessarily that accurate, I guess, if there's multiple sources. Either way, in this episode, the attack on Earth by Haman Karn's Neo-Zeon fleet is now in full swing. To rescue Lena, Judo attaches bombs to the Double Zeta and then launches into battle on his own. Alone, Judo pursues the battleship Sadalon. Haman, sending his new type potential, invites him aboard. This one was cool. We got to see Haman. Oh yes, we did. She's got a she's got a new outfit. It's got she's some got drip. the outfit. It's a it fucking sick, sick look. It's a pretty sick look. And this episode starts. Speaking of pretty sick, Argama's heading to Earth. You know, we we we've knew this already. Medchar returns to the ship. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah, this fucking guy. But Jake, he brought a little something something, didn't he? He brought a present for me and you. <clears throat> what could it possibly be? What, what, what could this strange mobile suit-shaped tarp be hiding? So they, they take the tarp off, they un- unwrap the present, and wouldn't you know it, it's a Hyakushiki exactly like Lieutenant Quattro Bajina's. Banana! It's a minion! The minion's back. I'm so happy we got to see it. 
I almost called it the Quattro Shiki. The Hyak Shiki fucking rules. I love this thing so much. This is like one of my favorite mobile suits. It's so cool looking. It is just like an instant classic. It looks great. Uh, you know, like the the pilot that it's famously attached to is fantastic. And mm. it's just uh, it's just a fun time. It's really good. It's a fun time. Everyone loves it. Everyone recognizes it. Everyone wants to pilot it. You know, it's like, well, maybe I can be the one to pilot. And Elle's like, don't you fucking dare. Like, it's everyone, like, like Rue wants it, L wants it, everyone wants it, and I want it too. Yeah, I would. And and I have it. I have a Gunpla of it. You can have the Gundams. I'll take, I'll take this lowly non-Gundam. Yeah, it doesn't have the v fin, so clearly it's, 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 it's less in the public eye. But, <laughs> unfortunately, Medchar's also here for other news, because he's like, oh, by the way, you have to fight Haman on her own ship, the Sadalon. But this fucking dude is so hopped up on the ship that he brought back before. He's like, use the high mega cannon. You know, we love it. Like, fucking, all this guy knows is is shoot it with a big cannon and send the Gundam team. Because the Gundam team rules. It's like, you gotta think of, like, a single other tactic, my guy. He's just a fan of the show. He, <laughs> 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 That's the problem. He knows what shows he's on. He needs to, like, start thinking, like, it was, like, you know. Think using tactics of a different show, not Gundam, because we all know how it ends. And Bright kind of thinks that like it's an impossible mission, but like my dude, you've seen what that cannon can do. You just it's like fucking boom. It's a weapon of mass destruction. The problem is getting in close to use it. So yeah, it's the click button and win. Yep, exactly. Um, and speaking of getting mad at characters, we cut over to the hangar. And the, the fucking devil on his shoulder and the devil on his other shoulder, Bisha and Mondo, are talking to Judo. And they're basically convincing him to strap a fuckload of bombs to himself and the Double Zeta, fly to Haman's ship, and basically wager himself to blow himself up if they don't give him Lena. And Judah's like, oh yeah, fuck, yeah, sounds good, cool, fuck yeah, dude, let's do it. I don't see what could possibly go wrong with this. Like, at this... Mm, I hate Bichin Mondo so much. At this point, it's like... I, they, 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 they tried to get their, um, 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 redemption, you know, fighting, fighting for the Argama, and that's fine, but then the next episode, they're like, yeah, let us actively try, like, and they literally say that as much, they're like, yes, we're going to get Judo killed, we want to get Judo killed, so he's no longer the main character, they say that it's time that this ship has a new main character, and it's like, you fucking psychopaths, you little freaks, you want to kill your friend? No! But thankfully, Shintaku Minharo over here... And they're like, we have to go let Judo know. Is endlessly frustrating. I, mm-hmm. mm. oh god, I hate these kids so fucking much. Anyways, we um, yeah, and 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 um, you know, he's already like trying to take off. Judo is, and he's not really listening. And Haro's like, Judo in trouble. Shinten Kum in trouble. Judo in trouble. Shinten Kum in trouble. Because Shinten Kum get taken by I forget her name, Amanda. One of the Argamas, like, secondary crew members that has a name but isn't really important at all. You know, we talked about it <laughs> Yeah. Before. Was she the one who was guarding um, Judo's yes. cell? She, she's I the one who was guarding. Anna. Yeah. Anna. Maybe. I think that was... It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> you, 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 your, your wife is on the Argama. It's fine. <laughs> but then we cut over Jake. And then we see her. She's putting on a, a new outfit. And she says, if the Argama comes for us now, we'll just put an end to it. Then we see her new outfit and oh. It is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, she, here's the thing. She already looked really, really sick. Like, in her cool, like, black cloak, black tights looking thing. But then when she puts on her, like, fucking 
Empress of Space outfit. It's black. It has like this insane gold trim. It has this fucking like Magneto ass like front like visor helmet looking thing. Oh my god. It is insane. It is one of the sickest outfits I've ever seen in my life. She looks like a goddamn superhero in the middle of this mecha anime. She looks like a Power Rangers villain. Yes. Yes. There we go. She's like Rita Repulsa's cooler sister. Like, oh man, absolutely. I'm like, I'm looking at her right now. And if she had a visor on that uh, crown helmet thing, she would absolutely be a Sentai villain. It, you are so oh right. God, I love Hamon Karn. She's such a cool character. I hope she doesn't she do really anything is. problematic later in this episode. Oh, <laughs> could, could, couldn't be. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, but she mentions, and she has a. Uh, a couple lieutenants with her, They're her her retainers. We don't get the names of all of them yet. One of the guys has like this cool, like white swoopy hair. Um, I don't believe we ever get his name, but he's cool looking. And she has another guy who I don't even remember. But she also mentions another like Neo Zeon Axis commander named Rakan Dakaran. Rakan Dakaran. That guy. Rakan Dakaran. Dakaran. Nah, he's cool. He is sleeveless. <laughs> you know if cool. the character is sleeveless, he's a fucking sick. Guy. And he gets in a new mobile suit called the Dryson. This thing is sick. Oh my god, it looks like if you took the Rick Dom and then you made it like you gave it more weapons and you made it <laughs> space friendly and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you give it a big old staff. It's like it, it it's this really cool like dark purple and dark navy two tone. You got like instead of black, you get like gray tubing and wiring and you get like a, like some fucking Gatling cannons in the wrist. You have, um, you know, you have that cool red sort of visor trim that Dom has and the mono eye. You have the gold vents up front and then it has a fucking like beam halberd. It's, it's like not quite a Naginata, I don't think, because the way the beam comes out of it, but like, God, the Dryson is so fucking sick looking. I love it so much. It's a chunky boy too. He's cool looking. Yeah, and like, so at first I thought that it was kind of uh the weapon it was holding was like a bow staff kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Since the uh since the Rick Doms that it takes its appearance like heavily inspired by, um had those like swords that weren't quite beam sabers. Yeah, it just had the bit the, the I thought the this was like sticks. a staff version of that. Mm-hmm. But no, it has a it has a beam emitter later. Later on. we see some tricks. God is so cool. And he, he gets in it and he like, you know, flies off. Everyone in Xeon looks so cool. Too bad they're Nazis. Oh well. Um, and then Haman Karn, in a sort of, you know, to get morale boosted for her soldiers, she goes on the, like, the hologram projector thing. And she basically is like, we're going to take over Earth. I'm Haman Karn. I fucking rule. Let's beat ass, everyone. And they love it. They all clap and hoot and holler for her. And uh, then we see the uh, the Trison fly up to the bridge, and Haman tells him to make the Argama suffer. Yes. Flies off to do so. It's like, damn, clam down, homie. <laughs> uh, so we're back on the Argama. The orphans are still trying to tell everyone that Judo has just a bunch of fucking bombs cut to him. And then, of course, we cut to Judo. He's floating over to the double state. He's wearing a weird cloak right now for some reason. And Asanaj is like, what are you doing, kid? We haven't gotten the order to launch yet. And Judo's like, oh, yeah, look at my cool fucking cloak. And then he, like, throws it on Asinaj and reveals, like, the vest of grenades he has strapped to him. This is maybe not a good idea. Yeah, so at this point, I thought, like, they were talking him into just carrying bombs on the double Zeta. I didn't Mm -hmm. know that they meant full strap. Also on him. Yeah. Yeah. They they mention um, 
they, they do mention it earlier on. They're like, yeah, you get out. You're covered in palms. They're not going to want to shoot you at point blank range. So he's listening and he gets into the cockpit. And, you know, Asnash is trying to stop him. Eno's trying to stop him. And in doing so, Eno accidentally gets tangled up in one of, like, the ropes that the bombs are attached to. And, like, has to scramble to put his helmet on as Judo fucking flies out into space. This is bad. So, they, uh, Asnash calls, calls Bright and lets him know. And, mm-hmm. uh, Bicha and Mondo are on the bridge and they just applaud Judo's bravery. Just... Hello, good sir. Yes, yes. It's a great tactic. Are you doing such a good job, Judo? Well done, well done. 100 out of 100 nobles were impressed. Fucking, I hate these guys so much. I hate, these are my least favorite characters in the show. It's like, absolutely. every single time I try and sympathize with them, being like, yeah, I wouldn't want to fucking be conscripted into a military and to fight a war I don't understand. Every time I sympathize them with that, they're like, also, we're going to try and get our friend killed, and we love it. And I'm like, oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that part. Just hate war. That's all you have to say. You can say war is bad. Not kill Judo. <laughs> and then uh, and then Judo launches anyway, uh, after yeah. Brett orders him to stop. And uh, not until he gets out into space does he notice Eno tied on Just the line. Just fucking hanging out there. He stops to, to grab Eno. And Eno climbs up the rope. He's like, what's the meaning of this judo? How could you do this to me? And, like, he's about to, like, whoop his ass. Yeah. And, like, you know, Eno's trying to be like, I'm fucking stuck in here. And he's, like, trying to get in the cockpit. And Judo's, like, pushes him out. Judo's like, well, I can't close the cockpit with that rope in there. He's like, motherfucker, you did this. You yeah, don't this get to, like. This is your fault, stupid. This is your fault. I mean, it's Beach and Mondo's fault, but it's also Judo's fault. Yeah. And, you know, he's not this listening. This part specifically All he cares about is, is, is his fault. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, this one part. <laughs> God. And then, like, a Zeon suit flies by. It does not attack them yet. And Eno's like, let's go to the Arkham. We gotta stop him. And Juno doesn't care. Juno's, like, still flying over to the uh, to Mahan's fleet to get Lena. Because he's, like, one-track minor mode right now. He does not care about the Arkham in this moment. Yeah, he, yeah. Eno's like, enemies are going to the Arkham. And he's like, I don't think Lena's on the Arkham. So I don't see why that's my problem. Bye. Mm-hmm. God. Fucking freak. So, <laughs> all these kids... Anyway, anyway, Judo's still flying, and he ends up making it to one of the Xeon ships, and he kind of peeps up to the bridge, like, we see, like, Double Zeta's face, like, wow, just, like, pop up inside the window of the bridge, he's like, where's Lena? And the uh, Xeon guy in there's like, "Uh, we don't have a mobile suit called Lena in here, and at this point, like, a Gallus J flies up and starts attacking him, and he ends up, like, tangling one of the strings of bombs on it, and, like, chucks it into the bridge, and, like, the ship just, like, kind of starts blowing up, it's like, fuck, dude... Judo, you're killing again. Did a little bit of a murder. Uh, Just a little bit of a murder. Um, And while this is happening, Haman feels kind of a a new typey pressure from Judo over on her ship. Yeah, she picks up on this kid, this little freak-ass kid, and she's like, ah, I like this, actually. It's rules. Let's uh, fuck this kid up. And one of the guys on her bridge um, tells her that Judo is apparently looking for some person named Lena. And Haman's like, oh, yeah, that's the girl that uh, is in Glimmy's custody. Mm-hmm. And at this point, he's flying around. This. Yeah, Glimmy. I want to know what Glimmy's fucking deal is. Um, but she ends up calling out to Judo, new type Y. She DMs the boy, because Judo's flying around the bridge of the Sab, Sab, whatever her ship is called. The Satellon. The Satellon, thank you. And he's like, don't get so carried away, Double Zeta. And he's like, huh, what the fuck? And she pops and up on the hologram. Like, what are you talking about? Because he... yeah, well, I'm I'm baby, I I'm baby. And she gets up on the hologram and she tells him that she's like, "Hey, Lena is aboard my ship. Come hang out." 
And of course, Judo does not believe her, and Ino doesn't believe her, but Judo's like, I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm the main character. I get to decide where I go. I'm the master of my own fate. This is a bad idea. This whole episode is just like, yeah. Judo, do not do this. Yeah, it was kind of like, uh, in the last few episodes, Judo kind of learned, like, hey, you know, you, you gotta work with us. And mm-hmm. then in this episode, he's like, nope, nope, I'll, I'll be back on my bullshit again. I will work with the mobile suits that you've given me in order to get my sister back. That's what I'll do, and I'm allowed to. Um, but he lands in the hangar of the Sadalan. The Sadalan. And is approached by guards. And, and of course, he's like, hey, back the fuck off. I got grenades. And they're like, oh, shit. So that part of the plan kind of worked, unfortunately. And uh, he tells them that the Double Zeta is not unmanned, so don't fucking try it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Eno's, like, <laughs> peeking his head out of the cockpit right now. Poor Eno. And, uh... He notices that Haman is standing on, like, the, the railing up above the hangar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she hops down and grabs his shoulder and is like, come with me. Come with me. And she just, like, fucking yeets the kid away. She, like, grabs him and darts off. And the guard's like, wait, what the fuck, lady? Come on. And they're, like, you know, going through the ship. She's, like, going really far ahead. And she, like, ends up taking him into a darkened room so they can just have a nice little heart-to-heart chat. And then she starts going the fuck off on some new type bullshit. And uh, she says, there seems to be some sort of attraction between us. Weird yeah, way to phrase her, it, Haman. Puts her hand on his shoulder. Oh, Haman, don't do this. Don't you feel that we are the same? No, don't do this, Haman. Please, no, Haman, don't do this. He, he, just completely ignoring it, says, don't tell me what to think. Tell me where my sister is. Yeah, I love it. Judo's like no-selling this entire thing. He's like, I don't fucking care about you, you weird-ass lady. And uh, she reveals that like she obviously lied. Mm-hmm. And that you came here because you felt an attraction to me. As a new type, you should feel the desire to obey me. And then she pulls him into the soup at this point. It's all spacey, and she was like, this is fucking weird. It smells kind of nice, though. And he likes it. And then, in one fucking moment, Haman Karn turned from hashtag I'm with her to hashtag lock her up. Because then she's like, goes in for a kiss on Judo. And I'm like, no, fucking, no, don't, Haman, no, please don't do this, Haman, you're so cool. Don't kiss the 14-year-old boy. Uh, but then the guards show up and they ruin the smoochy time. Thank God. I just... Is no one able... I'm starting to think that every new type in this show is a fucking freak, Jake. Everyone's a freak. Everyone's messed up. Yeah, it's like if your mind evolves faster than your body can keep up, maybe uh, maybe something's not right there. It's not good. Uh, and of course the soldiers, again, thankfully drive them off. And he, he runs away. He's like, oh, I fucking see you. And we cut back over to the Argama, and Rakan's ship is still hanging out. He, like, pops out of the dummies he was hiding in. He's, like, right next to the Argama at this point. And the bridge crew are like, hey, at this speed, we're going to ram the Argama. And he's like, mm, fuck yeah, we are. I'm going to shoot anyone who doesn't keep on ramming this ship into the Argama. This guy fucking rules. He's just like, I'm going to do more. I mean, it's not good that he wants to do war, but it's good that he's just like, yeah, this fucking rules, dude. <laughs> he loves it. And, uh, um... The Argama tries to, like, dodge out of the way, and they keep shooting the cannons at it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Feechel's like, oh, we're all going to die. Maybe you're going to die, and I'm happy about it. It is cool, though, in this moment, because Bright has Taurus constantly fire the high mega cannon. And essentially, that gives enough force to the Argama to kind of push it out of the way, like, you know, out of the trajectory of, of Rakan's ship. So it just, like, the wing clips it a little bit. And it's like, that's kind of a, you know, that's kind of a cool little touch. But then at that point, Rakan gets the news that the Double Zeta's in Haman's ship, so he, like, retreats and flies back to fix the problem. As he's heading back to the Saladan, or whatever it's called. Saladan. <laughs> now uh, I remember Judo, what it is. Judo is inside the Saladan, throwing grenades and running away. And he's uh, 
kind of aimless. He's trying to find his way out. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point, the guards and Haman catch up to him, and she tells them to hold their fire. And he says, I'm glad you're covering for me, lady, but you're way too scary. And he runs away again. <laughs> he's like, thanks, weirdo. See ya. It's just like he's taking advantage of her kindness. Good for him. And he ends up making it back to the double Zeta. And he notices that all the bombs have been kind of cut loose because of fucking course they have. But then he just uses his, like, double beam blaster thing to, like, blow a hole and escape and fly out. It's fine. No problem. Because these doors are paper thin, as we've discussed before, I believe. I mean, honestly, I think it's less that the doors are paper thin. It's more that the double Zeta just has, like, an absolutely obscene amount of power in its beams. They can just shoot basically anything, really. Yeah. Like, you don't even need a head cannon for that. And he's... he's no, head cannon, huh? Hmm. Huh. Ooh, huh? I'm rotating it in my mind. Double Zeta head cannon. I'll, 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 I'll tug that away for later. So, he's back in the double Zeta. He flies out. And now the Dreisen is here. It's Rakan, and he's fighting with Judo. And he uses this, like, fucking sick beam halberd. It is, God, it's so sick. It has, like, a halberd on one end. And then it just has, like, a regular beam saber poking out the other end. It's, like, double, it's, like, half of a Darth Maul, kind of. Oh, yeah. I like that. I didn't even think about Darth Maul. It's just, it's so, it's cool, Rakan's cool. The Dryson is cool. Remember when they showed that wow cool robot and not kissing 14-year-olds? I remember. I remember 10 minutes ago when this didn't happen. <laughs> and uh, he he swings his, his weapon and, like, really, like, digs into the double Zeta's chest. Yeah. yeah, he's, like, about to, like, cut it apart. But, thankfully, the day is saved by Ellen Rue, who finally shown up. And they, like, fire on him, and, and, and he's distracted enough for Judo to attack him. And he ends up cutting the Dreisen in half, hamburger style. But Rakan pops out in the little basketball skate pod, and he lives to fight another day. Thank goodness. Yeah, I was, I was like, at first I thought, like, he was about to die. And I was like, no, but he's too cool. Like, why do yeah. you one episode? I figured he wouldn't just because they gave him a full first and last name and an actual character design. That's, and his own that's mobile fair. suit. So I'm like, okay, he's probably important. We're going to see him later, I hope. I hope we do. Episode's nearly over. We kind of cut. We get a short scene of Lena doing ballet. Good for her. That's cute. It's just a nice little, you know, you know, it's good. Um, which is, and then Judo like shouts again to the aimless void of space that he's going to save her. Yeah. Again. Again. And we see the bridge in the Argama. The orphans are like bonking uh, Bicha and Mondo on the head with some sticks because of their crime. And they're like, well, if it weren't for the bombs, Judo wouldn't have been able to make it back in the first place. And... Bright says something weird to himself at this point because he's like he's like thinking of like how Judo was able to return alive, and I think Bright's take is more that like well since he's a new type he would have been able to come back anyway, but it's still just like a very strange, confusing scene at the end. Yeah, I was kind of um, not sure what exactly he was saying. It was like you said, it was very weird. It's weird, but fucking. At the, I mean, at, this is about the point where the show gets all weird about new types. So I, I'm, you know, it's fine. It's normal. Normal <laughs> show. Stupid show. Bad Gundam show. Love it. You want to move on to the next episode? Oh, I'd love to. Episode 23. Earth Ablaze. At last, the Neo-Zeon forces descend to Dakar, where the Federation Parliament is located, in order to seize control. The Argama sets out to attack the Satellon and stop its descent. But Glimmy leads the Sandra forces and returns fire. Amidst the battle, the brainwashed LP Pull attacks in the Quebly Mark II. Yeah, we got fucking. I love, I love the episodes of Gundam. I love how every series really does this, where it's a fight within the gravity well of a planet. Like right? it's, it's it's always sick. It never doesn't rule. I love to see it every single time. 
You would think that it would get old, but uh, it doesn't. No, absolutely not. It fucking rules. It beats ass. So this one, we kind of have like a like a cold open almost, where we see L people in the cockpit. She's just fucking chilling out, and Glemmy is talking to her, and he, this is just like it's it's like. It's fucked up, right? Because this is basically L people getting brainwashed, like getting oh, the conditioning yeah. that she needs for being a cyber new type. Like Glennie's saying, you know, Gundam's her enemy, Gundam and Judo are her enemy. But she's like, Must but Judo's my Judo. brother. You re- these fucking freaks really need to stop telling cyber new types that they have siblings. I feel like that's a main source of conflict here. <laughs> like you know, I mean, with with with, uh, with four is different, but Rosa Mia, you know, she always she needed a brother. It was either Camille was her brother, or Gates was her brother, and now L people is like Judo's my brother, and it's just like maybe. I'm starting to think. I'm, I'm I'm noticing a pattern here. You know. Yeah, it's a little. Uh, it's a little Not uncomfy. Great. Not great at all. And uh, she keeps saying that, like, no, he's my he's my big bro, and they're like, no, he's your enemy. You must kill him. And <laughs> yeah. uh, eventually, she repeats it, but it is a struggle to get her to. Yeah, and like she's getting fucking blasted by Gundams in this simulation. Like she gets attacked by the Mark II and the Zeta and the Double Zeta. And, like, as this is happening, we kind of cut out to the outside of her simulation because it's just, like, she's in a little pod and Glemmy and fucking Dr. Wily from Mega Man are here. <laughs> Lino's walking by and she kind of hears this commotion in the door. And, like, Glemmy's talking to him. He's, like, asking how the indoctrination is going. And he's he mentions how he wants to take her to Lady Haman right away, despite the fact that she is, like, literally passed out on the floor at this point. Yeah, and Glemmy's like, aren't you a doctor? Just find a way to deal with it. With her, with her being all worn out. Glemmy Toto problematic moments. This is his first one ever. He's never done anything wrong up until now. <laughs> never at all. Never at all. Never in his life. And he also does mention to Lena at this point. He's like, hey, okay, by the way, you're going to get to Earth and you're going to make your debut in high society. I love that, like, this weird, like, what is, what is the end game here of the whole Glemmy Lena situation? Because, like, I can understand just keeping Lena around as a chip for judo, but, like, turning Lena into, like, you know, Giving her her debut and teaching her piano and ballet. It's like, what? Is this going to be like a demonstration of the fucking like refinement of, of Neo Zeon and how they can turn even this random Ayug uh, 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 person into like a fucking the, the Bella de Ball? Yeah, it's just really, really bizarre. It's um, that's one thing I've been really trying to wrap my head around. Like, why is he doing this? Why does he? To what end, Glemmy? Yeah. And like he. He didn't realize at first that she was going to, or that she was like the double Zeta's pilot. So that's not why he did it in the first place. It's, it's just, yeah, I just don't get it. It's really baffling, and like I, I can't see anything not not creepy coming from it. You know, like like I know that there's not anything like uh, I don't know. I just whatever he's doing is harmful. Exactly. It's not good. Yeah. Like, I, I, I really like how these episodes are starting to lean into, like, yeah, Glennie's maybe not a good guy. Well, okay. He's not a good guy. He's part of Neo Zeon. But it's, like, within that, it's, it's starting to be, like, I think, like, the show's leaning into maybe Glennie's not as, you know, good and chivalrous and normal as you think he is. There's, some, there's a couple lines later on that make me make me hashtag thinking face about Glennie. <laughs> but anyway, you know, Glummy ends up carrying Pull's unconscious body out, and Lena's like, "Is something wrong with that girl?" And Glummy says, "It seems she's a bit anemic." No, dog, you just felt fucking pumped her full of MDMA Wario pill. Nope, she just she just needs to eat some raisins. She'll be okay. Is something wrong with that girl? Yes, and he walks away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it's my fault. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did this, Lena. We cut over. 
we're in the Argama in the hangar. Beach and Mondo are slacking, and they just don't want to fight. They don't want to be a part of this at all. They don't get it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm back on their side again. And um, Shinta and Kum yell at them for slacking. They're like, we're not slacking. We're talking about serious stuff. And Bright shows up behind him, and he's like, oh, yeah? I'd love to hear about your thoughts. Would you like to share with the class Beach and Mondo? <clears throat> and they're like, uh, not that we don't want to fight, but we don't really know why we're fighting. Mm-hmm. He's like... This part is very, very good. I like this scene a lot. Oh, yeah. The opening of this episode, all the stuff here on the argument that we're about to talk about was really good. I ended up, like, for my notes, almost just writing out the script because there was Yo, so yeah. much hit, good hit, conversation. Hit um, so so Bright asks, um, you know, is saving the Earth not good enough? And he's like, they're like, it's fine, but we're space noids. It's not really our fight. And he's like, so am I. But Earth is where all of us originally came from. It's our duty to keep those who have never left Earth for space from defiling it. It's and, interesting. Yeah. Like, I think the, the subtitles had a little bit of weird wording there. Because it sounds like they're trying to keep the people from Earth of Earth from defiling space. And I don't think that's what they meant. It's a little clunky. Um, I, I, An interesting read that I kind of got when I was watching this was like, that's almost like a reason... It's like a self-criticism and also a reason not to be like that because, you know, Bright's talking about, about well, you know, even though we haven't been to Earth, we're not, we're, we're from Earth as a species. But it's like, you know, at, at, at what point is like the origin of where you're from really that important? Like, I guess if we're Gundam, it makes more sense because they're not out of the solar system or anything, right? They're just, they're still on Earth and only in space around Earth. But it's like... You know, I th- I feel like that's nearly almost a reason for these kids not to be fighting for it anyway, because they don't know Earth. They're fighting, Bright basically saying, yeah, fight for something that you don't understand. Fight for something that you don't know, but, like, you're supposed to understand and like it. it, it this, I mean, at this point, <laughs> it's kind of getting away from me. But 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 I feel like there, there might be something there where it's, like, Bright's explanation as to why, that they, sh- why they should be fighting to save the Earth almost falls on deaf ears because his argument is the exact argument that they would use on why they don't care. They're like, yeah, we're not from earth. Like again, you're, you're basically making us fighting for an ideology that we've never really been accustomed to. So I don't know. It it, it does another, you know, another good scene showing how a is flawed um, ideologically, which I like, I always like to see stuff like that. And uh, they, they kind of fire back with, uh, well, Judo's fighting to save his sister and we just we don't have anything like that. Yeah, and and, and again, that's a cool. I, I I feel like that's another not juxtaposition, but like you look at what Judo's doing, and Judo is doing like maybe the only character doing like an abject good. I mean, again, Neo Zeon is like you know Nazis, so it makes sense. It's good that Ayug is fighting them, but like Judo is not fighting for an ideology. He's not fighting for one side or another. He is merely fighting to save his sister at this point. So it's like. You know, there's never that ambiguity of what is what Judo's doing right. I mean, maybe the way he's doing it is not right because he's killed hundreds of people at this point. But, like, his end goal is the, the only one that you can't really apply an ideology towards. It's just like, yes, he is saving his sister. He's saving a loved one. He's saving a family member. And, like, there is no way to kind of criticize that for him. I don't know. I like and, it. And it, after he saves his sister, who knows what he's going to care about. Yeah. But, like, yeah, right now he doesn't – he's not fighting for the war. He's fighting – because his sister's on the other side. Yeah. And, and yeah, and Rue and El show up here, and Rue is like, yeah, well, he's probably going to stick around. Like, you know, he's the kind of guy who feels the need to shoulder everyone's burden. And El's like, yeah, he's laid back, but he's not stupid. And it's just like, 
you know, they're all saying, you know, Judo's going to stick around. Even after he rescues Lena, he's still going to, like, buy into the ideology, which is a little concerning that they're saying that, but, you know, fucking whatever. Who gives a shit? And so then Bright is, like, wants to go talk to Judo. Um, Judo's over there working on the double Zeta, and mm-hmm. uh, Bright comes up to him, and he, he's like, hey, Judo, and he kind of grabs his shoulder, and he's like, do you resent me? <laughs> and I sure fucking do. But, yeah, uh, I would have been like, yes. Go away. I realize I, I skipped around a bit because what I just said with Rue and L happens after this scene, but it, you know, it, all right. it, it, it all blends together. But yeah, Judo's like, I don't really resent you because like Judo gets that like, I don't know. I think Judo understands that Ayug is the quote unquote good guys and they're on the quote unquote right side of all of this. Again, don't please don't take that out of context. Don't take me going quote unquote right side against like, you know, one side as Nazis. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I feel like at this point, if you listen to all the episodes of the show, you understand, you know, where we fall on this kind of issue. But it's just like, Bright, I feel like, doesn't get to do this. I feel like Bright shouldn't be allowed to ask if people hate him because he deserves to get hated for so much of the shit he does, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man. And honestly, it was just really uh, bizarre. And also, so unprofessional. You can't ask your employees that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, yeah, Bright's their boss. That's a little... I don't know about this. The balance of power is a little strange, a little sus here. Uh, the fucking... The, the, one of the last things we get here after Judo goes off, he's like, yeah, he's he's all business. He's like, I'm going to work on the balloons for all these uh, mobile suits. He, he goes off and, like, he asks Rue. Bright does. Bright asks Rue, is like, is Ayuk just? And Rue's like, yeah, if it wasn't just, no one would be fighting for them. Which is, like, again, it's like, like, it's like a this side versus that side sort of thing. Ah, Jesus, that's scary. What was I that? You okay? I, I dropped my phone on my laptop, that's all. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I just heard, like, mm. the war has come from X. No, God, no. Um, yeah, it was it was a really good scene. Good good fucking show so far. And then we cut over and fucking more Glemmy time. Let's go. So Glemmy um, shows up on the Sarahan to go talk to Lady Haman. And Paul just walks out right behind him. She's just uh, all up and ready to go, I guess. She's normal now. Having a normal one, for sure. Big air quotes. Um, And, you know, Glemmy is introducing LP Pool to Haman. And Pool's just, like, glaring at Haman right now. She does not seem like she's very happy right now. But Haman's like, oh, this fucking rules. Fuck yeah, more new types, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Um, But then we get a weird little line after Pool's walked off. Because Haman is talking to Glemmy. They're walking and talking. And Haman sort of expresses relief that Glemmy's here. Not taking over Axis in her absence. And Glemmy says, he's like, Axis can be your belt, but there's only one of you, Lady Haman. And she's like, how do you know there's only one? And I'm like, what the fuck? I screamed. I was like, please no, not clones, anything but clones. I get that, like, you know, leader of a military organization, body double, etc. But it's weird for her to just kind of say it out loud. Right? How could a body double effectively capture Haman's hair? It can't be done. (laughs) It can't be done. And then... She kind of leaves, and she says something very weird to her retainers as she walks away. Because she's like, make sure you manage Glummy's bodyguards carefully. She also says that uh, when they invade, or when they take over the Federation, that she's going to introduce him to them as her aide. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, like, mentions, you know, promises Glummy, like, a sort of role in her organization higher up. But then she leaves, she's like, yeah, keep an eye on this fucking guy. So it's like... I really, really want to know what Glemmy's deal is now. Yeah, I am. Um, Glemmy says something later that also uh, has me being like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll oh, yeah, yeah. That. We'll get there. But yeah, in this one episode, Glemmy's become like 
way more interesting of a character to me just because of these couple lines, which I'm really, really like. And uh, so we cut back to the Argama, and mm-hmm. uh, they they can see that the enemy is targeting Dakar, and uh, they get a news report from, um, I wrote it down, but I can't think of the name right now. Caraba. Caraba, yeah, they got news. They get like a report from Caraba that Dakar has been infiltrated by Axis spies, and that Axis has effectively already taken control of Dakar. Uh oh, maybe not every, great. Everyone's real upset, and then Judo's just like, "Hey guys, what's up? I have your lunch for you. All I happy. have sandwiches." And you know, he sort of like hears about all this, and he hears that they're planning to attack the Sadalon, but they don't know which of the three sort of ships because the, the Haman's fleet right now is the Sadalon, the Mindra, and the Sandra, and you know. They don't know which one Haman's in. And, like, Judo sort of hears this and he starts scheming because he's like, well, Lena's got to be in one of these things. And, you know, he, he goes in the locker room to sort of prepare as such. And he's, like, telling Eno about the plan. He's like, yeah, I'm going to attack their balut so they can't go to Earth and then he can infiltrate. And Eno's like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude, let's do it. Like, Eno's just, like, fully in. Yeah, they're bros. Y- you know what? Speaking of Eno and, like, this moment right here, honestly, when I first when we first started the show, I thought that, like... Beecha and Mondo were going to be like just kind of like rascals, uh, and that L was going to be like the the girl love interest, and that yeah. you know seemed really forgettable. And like I, I was like, not much is going to happen with this guy. He's just going to be there. Mm-hmm. But no, you know, like kind of becoming my favorite of his friends right now. Like, or I guess has been for a while. It, it took me until this episode to realize it. But I was like, I yeah. think you know is my favorite of his friend group. I know it, it, it's like I they, they're doing very interesting things. Wow, Jesus. They're doing very interesting things with all of the Shangri-La kids that I really appreciate. Like, it, it's not just, you know, Beach and Mondo turning into, like, these fucking freak-ass murderous traitors. But, it's like, everyone is really getting a lot of of development that I appreciate. Oh, it's so good. Um, it's so good. So, you know, Judo goes off to fucking continue scheming. And Haro is, like, asking Judo if he's okay. He's like, Judo, are you okay? Are you okay, Judo? And then, you know, as, as Judo walks off, he grabs... He grabs Haro and he chucks it at Rue when they get to the hangar to knock her away so he can take the Zeta because the Zeta is like the most maneuverable. So it's like what will allow him to like zip zoom up there and like, you know, dart around enemy fire. And Eno's like, just like fucking just let him. You you know what he's like when he's like this. He said, this is my, I think my favorite line of these three episodes. He goes, just this once, let Judo do what he wants. I'm like, just this once, just this once, (laughs) Eno. Not every episode. This one time, this one time, really? Just, just this once, please. I know just that he's the main character, but like, please, just please. this one time, let him do something a little crazy. Yeah, God. Let let him do. Let him get a little wacky just once. A little nutty with it, but yeah, he gets he goes Dorito mode and he flies off into Zeta. And then we cut over. We're on the Mindra, and Glemmy gets the news that the or maybe this is Sandra. The Mindra is so the Sadalon is the red one. The Mindra is the yellow one, and the Sandra is the blue one. I forget which one Glemmy's on right now. I think he's on the... Actually, no, I think he's on the Sadalon, because he took LP, pulled two Haman on the Sadalon. I believe Either way, you're correct. Yeah, but he gets the news that the Argum has entered the combat zone, and Pull runs off to get in the Q-Blay, and Glemmy's like, are you good? Like, who, what is Judo to her? And she, like, kind of struggles a bit, and she's like, Judo is the enemy. And Glemmy's like, okay, very good, bye-bye. And then he sort of, like, <laughs> wonders to himself, he's like, you know, the hypnotherapy's working really well, but, like, the psychom use, this synchronization's not so good, and it's like... Is, is I don't know. Seems like L people isn't fully fully fucked up in the in how they want cyber new types to be fucked up. Yeah. Um. One thing I was kind of thinking was like they really just they really just found a kid with psychic powers 
and threw her in a robot without like like developing those abilities and making sure she would do it like do it well. She, they were just like, "Hey, kid, go get in here, get in here, and do the thing." It's it's like cyber new types are becoming younger and younger, and it's like more and more concerning because it's just like you're it's a perfectly good kid you're fucking up right now. Oh, don't worry, we got three more in the back. Yeah, yeah, we got we got a bunch of these. we got we got fucking kids galore. We just snatched them up from space kindergarten. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but he orders the rest of the mobile suits to launch uh, alongside her and uh, says that the Sandra will attack the Argama. Yeah. He, like, launches the Zissa squadron. He goes out and is bow. And, like, as they're launching, this interrupts poor Lena's piano. Yeah. And she's just so sad that she didn't get to practice the piano anymore. No. Yeah, I hate when I can't practice Chopin. Whatever. And then uh, we get Glimmy in the Bawu, and he says, Yes! I guess Haman has started to suspect me. My position will be in danger if I don't prove my usefulness right right about now. What's his plan? McFucking, Glimmy, excuse me? Does this have something to do with that new type core we were talking about the other day? Oh, he said it was oh, like, no, shit. no, no, that's just a rumor. Oh, shit. Maybe it is. Maybe Glimmy is raising a new type army. Oh, my God. Okay, no, I'm like, whew, oh, God, I want to know what Glimmy's deal is. Oh. Oh, God, this is a cool double day. That's fucking good. And he wants to keep it a secret from Haman and doesn't want her to figure out. So I'm like, what is your new type core's goal if that is What's what is going deal, on? What's the deal, Glemmy? Glemothy? That is your real name? Apparently, oh. apparently you're not 100% lined up with Neo Zeon because you don't want her to know about it. God, I'm so excited for this show. Anyways, so we, we get that. And Pole is has launched and she's flying around. She feels Judo. She sees him and then she starts attacking with funnels right away. There's no, like, Judah's my brother. No, she's straight up like, I'm going to kill this man. She's attacking him. Let me cut over real quick. And actually, this scene is pretty cool, too. Because we're on the Argama, we're in the hangar, and Bicha is, like, refusing to launch in the Hyakushiki right now. He does not want to be a part of this. He's like, you know, he just doesn't want to fight in the war. It's not his war. And it's like, Elle's chewing him out. But it's like, you don't need to chew him out for this. This one's good. It's fine. Leave him. And then uh, one of the, like, you know, small role crewmates, Traeger... It's like, fine, I'll pilot it. I'll, I know enough to move it around. Yeah, Traeger, Traeger U is here. It's uh, it's Kyle XY's family. <laughs> um, and this makes Beecha decide to do it, which I found really interesting because, you know, he has kind of been like the selfish, like, fuck everybody. Like, I just am here to take care of myself. But this guy is going to go in that Hyakushiki and get himself killed. And so he hops up in there and he's like, actually, this belongs in the hands of a good pilot. So uh, it's mine, not for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like, you know, the trigger's like, it's, it's heartbreaking, the worst man you know makes excellent point. He says, like, I hate your guts, Beecha, but you're right about this one. And like that kind of pushes Beecha to be like, all right, fuck off, I won't be the one to pilot it then, it'll be fine. It's like, I, I shouldn't be cheering someone getting the mobile suit to fight, you know? It's 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 so conflicting. Right? Um, it's, uh, it's a real nice character growth for him. Like, he's not 100% awful anymore. He's still, like, 95% awful don't get me wrong he got a little but... bit of good in him a little a little a little bit of good but anyway they all launch and like you know beaches with flying out with rue and l and eventually we cut back over to the main battle and glemmy is facing down judo right now because he's like you know interrupting people l people that 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 and that name trips me up every single time but <laughs> he's like who are you in the zeta because he thinks it's rue because you know rue's the one the zeta and then judo says it's judo and this like kind of like throws glemmy off and then um after he, like, surprises Glimmy, he just transforms and runs away. Yeah, he's like, see ya! Yeah, he's like, I ain't about this life, bye! Mm-mm. 
he rolls up on Haman's fleet, and he's, like, still trying to find Lena. He's, like, reaching out for her, and he hears a new type, Big Brother! But it was Pull! She did the new type thing. She tried to, like, mimic Lena, and she was hiding behind, like, a piece of debris and starts firing on Judo again. I love that. I love that trick. That was, uh, that, like, it, it made me really sad because, um, because of Pull's whole deal is just really sad. Um, yeah. but it was very clever, and I, I was happy for her for having a good plan. Yeah, it was cool and clever. I liked it a lot. Pull's a cool character. I like her. She is great. We are reclaiming her. But the, the, Big warships start preparing to enter the, um, enter the atmosphere, and they launch their balutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, you know, Judo's kind of like failed in in stopping them, destroying the balutes, and you know, they start descending. The Sadal and the Mindra are going down. Only the Sandra is still in the sort of gravity well, and you know, Rue flies back. She goes back to protect the Argamax. Is taking heavy fire in the double Zeta. Beecha and L race ahead to help Judo. And Judo's like, all right, I'm going to take a gamble now. And he just charges the Q-Blade and, like, grabs it. And, like, he gets out of the cockpit and, like, tries to communicate with Pull to, like, you know, get her fucking normal. Pull her out of the soup. He starts talking to her about ice cream and parfaits and, like, hey, let's go play. We can eat ice cream and have fun. And he opens the cockpit of the Q-Blade and L-People just has a fucking gun trained on him. And um, he's like, put that down. You can come with your big brother and we can go have parfaits. And then... And then she shoots him. She just shoots Judo. Like, he gets got in the shoulder. But it's, like, so fucking funny that, like, you're thinking, wow, Judo's going to be able to get to, she, He's going to reach out to L people and he's going to snap her out of it. No, she just fucking shoots him and closes like, the black, cockpit. Black, it's so funny. Like, you know, admittedly, as he's trying to talk to her about the chocolate parfaits and hanging out, it, like, is starting to affect her. But in this one scene, it's like she's normal. She just shoots him. But at this point, they're, they, they, they've, like, got sucked too much into Earth. They can't really fly back. And Glemmy sees, you know, LP Pole, his expensive project, falling to Earth in the Q-Blade Mark II. And he's like, survive it if you're lucky. Or you can help her. Yeah. Well, he, he starts to try to rescue her. Um, but then Ellen Beecha show up. And they start oh, shooting right. at him. And uh, that's when he's like, well, I hope you survive, kid. Yeah. And this part's sad because she starts calling out for Judo for help. She's like, snapped out. She's like, Judo, Judo, big brother, big brother. She's like the inside of the cockpit is burning up, and she's getting really scared. Um, I'd be fucking scared. And he he dives after her. He calls. He radios through to her, and like kind of tells her what to do. Um, she he like transforms and has her land on his back. Uh, but there's too much drag on the uh, the the wings, the big shoulders of the of the Quebla. He's like, and, detach and- those, or we're going to die. Yeah, and she's like, I can't, they're built in. And he's like, we'll figure fucking something out. So this part's so sick, she uses the funnels to blow up the, the wing binders in the Q-Blay, and they're able to, like, fall to Earth just fine. It's so cool. Oh, my God. And then um, the he thinks about Lena as, like, the two of them are following together. And then uh-huh. back on the Sandra, the crew is getting buckled in and preparing for entry. And Lena thinks about Judo. And then Jake starts crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they and, and they pop the balutes and they descend and everyone's popping the balutes. Like, you know, Rue is, the Argama is, Bicha and L are. Everyone's descending to Earth. And we get like the, I love this scene. I love seeing scenes of the characters who are, you know, have been in space their whole life finally going down to Earth because everyone's like, oh, it's so fucking pretty. It's beautiful. They're landing on the ocean by Dakar, they're a couple hundred kilometers off, but it's like it's just so pretty. Everyone's staring out the windows. Like, you see the, like, the shooting star look of, of the things ascending to Earth. It's just, like, a really cool scene. I love whenever this happens. 
one thing that I really love about this show is like a lot of the last shots of the episode are these really pretty like landscapes or just like far away shots of the crew. Um, mm-hmm. And this one we end with like, like you said, the meteor shower looking um, of, of the ships over the ocean and like with some land on the horizon. And it's just very pretty. I can't get over like just how pretty the last shots of the episodes usually are. Yeah, it's it's very very cool stuff. I like it quite a bit. Um, and yeah, that's that 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 be. Shall we talk about the third one, Jake? I think we shall. All right, we're talking about Double Zeta episode twenty four. <laughs> Siblings love on the South Seas. In this episode, with the neon neon Zeon, with the neon Zeon, fuck. With the Neo-Zeon forces now in control of Dakar, Judo slips away from the Argama after makes a water landing in the South Seas and meets Taman and his sister Anu. Taman takes a large sum of money from the Neon... Fuck. Taman takes a large sum of money from Neo-Zeon in exchange for attacking the Argama with the aquatic mobile suit Kapool. Anu worries about what her brother is about to do. We got a fucking Earth episode for once. It's it's part of the contract now, I guess. <clears throat> it's, uh... Ooh, this one was really interesting. Um, it was very heavy, but it was really, really yeah. neat. Every time a, a show has an episode that takes place like in the ocean or over the ocean, something bad is going to happen. <laughs> well, you know how like it's sad when it rains. This is just like all the rain from all the different sad times just hanging out. Exactly. Yeah, it's like in 0079, uh, it was Mary who got killed over the ocean. In Zeta, it was fucking four who got killed the first time over the ocean, and this one isn't as tragic, but it's still just emotionally heavy, too, you know? You know? Yeah. Yeah, so this one, you know, we cut ticket to car in the very beginning. It's not doing so hot. Neo Zeon is, like, fully captured at this point. Yeah, um, and they say that we need to gather the former Titans before Haman arrives. Mm-hmm. Um, we see we some Zakus, and I was like, oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I like that you know, with the way the axis mashes together with the Neo Zeon remnants, it's like you have, you know, mobile suits from 10 years ago and mobile suits from current day, like interacting together, which is pretty cool. It's fun. And we, we cut to the Argama and they, uh, mm-hmm. they're ditching their balut and they're about to land. Yeah. Everyone loves it. It's beautiful there. Bright's giving orders to prep them for landing. And um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought something was a typo and then I Googled it and it's just an actual flight term. But uh, hmm. he, he tells somebody, correct our attitude. And I thought it was supposed to be altitude. So I took a screenshot oh, of that because I found it very funny. funny that he wanted to correct their attitude. Yeah, correct your fucking attitude, asshole. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but he also mentions that the argument will never return to space again after this. Because I guess when they come back, they're going to get a new ship from from uh, from Karab or A or whoever the fuck. Yeah, so that's kind of like kind of a bummer. Yeah. It's a goodbye to the Arkham, huh? It's so sad. And um, so we, we leave from that, and uh, we see Judo um, get out of the Zeta to check on Pole, and she is not having a good one. Yeah, she's just kind of fucking passed out. Poor girl. And we just, like immediately cut over to the ocean. We get a new friend! Ooh, yes. Okay. Um, you want to you wanna, you wanna walk us through the Kapool? This is a big old round boy with uh, it's got like <laughs> kind of an opening in its chest where a bunch of these like red torpedo um slots are uh the mm-hmm. main body is like a a light blue and a darker blue uh it's got like um a hatch that they used to get inside but it kind of looks like a big old samurai hat almost 
Um, yeah. And the reason everything's so round is that it can pull its arms and its legs into itself and turn into just a ball. And it's got like it's got like these little stretchy arms with big claws on the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got like big shoulder flaps, uh, interesting legs that I'm not sure how they work. They're just big. <laughs> they're they're they kind of big. fold together a bit. Um, it looks like it was um, inspired heavily by uh, the. I think it was the high gog, maybe. Yeah. Well, so in 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 fiction, this is like developed from the high gog. Oh, from nice, the end nice. of the One Year War. And my hot take is that this thing can't hold a fucking candle to the high gog. The high gog is one of the absolute coolest mobile suits ever designed. Kapoor oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. You you can tell that Kapoor was designed after, but the high gog is so sick. But yeah, it, it, it's the Kapoor is very very cool, which is a round blue friend. Looks like a Meryl from Pokemon. We love it. <laughs> yeah okay i didn't think about it like that but yeah it does kind of look like a, a meryl we love the kapool and it just starts fucking firing torpedoes at the argama uh-oh and like rue freaks out and like dives into the zeta and like flies out and judo we get a cute little scene judo's on like one of the balconies higher up in the hangar and he tries to jump off and you know grabs him he's like we're not in space you're gonna fucking die if you jump off from there <laughs> also this it, i got really confused because like we immediately cut from him checking on pole to like Okay, now everybody's just back. So I was like, "Yeah, where is Pull? Is she okay? We never saw if in, she was okay." In the, in the meantime, yeah, I mean, in the meantime, we see this soon, but like, Pull's been taken to like a holding cell, and uh, yeah. So after uh, Rue launches, Bright orders Judo to stand by, and uh, ooh, she or the Kapool is just like hopping and twirling and launching torpedoes and like just zipping around oh in the God. water. That one bit of animation looked so good. And Rue is chasing it and firing, but it's just, like, it's way too maneuverable and quick. And, like, there's nothing you can do for, to it right now. It's just really... Oh, God. It's, it's, it's just cool. It's a very cool animation. Very cool mobile suit. One of my favorites from Double Zeta so far. And it's fighting Rue. And let's see, let's see, let's see. At, at this point, it's, like, you know, darker. The seas are a bit stormier. It's, like, a storm's rolling in. And a fishing boat rolls up and starts signaling the Arkema. It says it'll show them a safe location for 5,000 gillas, which is, you know... Whatever the local currency is. And Bright's like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? He's like, they, they know the place better than we do. And we do get a little cut over into Judo and Pull and L. So, yeah, Judo went to go uh, check on L or check on Pull. And uh, he runs into, like, L outside of her room. And uh, he, he <laughs> Judo tries to go in the room, but just ends up bonking his face on the door. And L's like, yeah, she's a prisoner. And uh, <laughs> you can't come in here. You two have something going on, so you're not allowed to go in there alone. Mm-hmm. Which, again, makes sense, because traditionally, Judah, we know he'll just break her out and fucking escape. Yep. Yep. But they, uh, Elle lets him in, and they give each mm-hmm. other a big hug, and you love to see it, and they're happy to see each other. It's cute. I like that Judo is, like, again, remember the other episode when I was like, yeah, Judo would actually, like, just hang back and play with Pull. He'd keep his promise, and this is proving it. Because he's just being nice to pull. He's just treating her like she's his little sister. I mean, again, it's probably because he has to satiate her and keep her from going suit mode. But, like, even so, I like that he's just genuinely being nice to her and isn't being freaked out by all of her strangeness. Yeah. Um, she complains that uh, she can't even take a bath. And I was like, you've got a shower. Yeah, but I can't swim in the shower and there's no bath toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it's cute. And we, we cut back over. They have, like the money for the fishing boat and the fishing boat guys like, yeah, fuck you. We're going to take all your money. Like we lost all of our business because of the war. So it's only fair if we take money from all these warships. And I'm like, yes, direct action. Thank you. Take all their money. Take it away. And Good for them. 
And while he's taking the money from Beach and Mondo, Judo hops out of another door on the ship and just kind of lands in the sh- lands in the boat and just kind of just kind of puts his finger up to his mouth and just gives him a little shh. And uh, the fisherman guy is just super cool. He's like, he's like, okay, yep, we're leaving. We're leaving. There's no one on my boat that's stowed away from the ship. Don't worry about it. Goodbye. Well, only me. Only me. And, you know, the kid's like, lets him. He knows how it is. He's talked about it. He's like, yeah, if you're escaping from the war, like, I totally get it. Hang out with us, homie. He's cool. I like this guy. I like um, Taman is his name. Yeah, he he's just like, he's just a cool dude. Um, He, like, I don't know. I, I liked him right off the bat. He's a nice guy. Yeah, I like it. And so L back on the Argama cannot find Judo. He's looking around. And she runs to pull to find him. And pull is he you know, pull can feel him getting further away. And L's like does he L decides to take pull so they can go find him. And then we cut back over. It's like, you know, back and forth, back and forth this scene. Uh Taman takes Judo to his little shack on the island where his sister lives, who's named Anu, and he's like, Oh, sister. She's about the same age as Lena. So immediately, I like that we get that sort of empathy from Judah. It's like, yes, I understand what this situation is like because I'm in the same situation. I have a little sister I got to take care of. And um, she asks who this guy is. And Taman's like, he's just somebody I promised to take to the mainland. Um, she's like, please don't do anything dangerous. He's yeah, like, I, looking directly into the camera. It's like, well, he's definitely gonna. And she's like, it's okay if we're poor as long as you're safe. And he's like, I gotta... Yeah, I, I don't know about, like, the, the, the politics are strange. It's very much like a, I understand the message, but the fucking execution is... Ah! That's Gundam, baby. That's Gundam, I guess. And we see the Argama is, like, you know, nestled in this little secret cove. And Pull and L go up to a core, and L's getting in. And she's like, all right, Pull, where's Judo? And Pull's like, he's on the Argama. And L gets out and is like, what do you mean? And then Pull, you know, dives by. And she's like, I tricked you, bye! And she's like, fucking flies off. It rules. Good for her. She's great. She's the best. She's great. And then, you know, L and Eno have to fly out after her as well to stop her from doing this. And then we cut over to Judo, talking to Taman and Anu. And he's, you know, telling them about Lena and then a guy comes in and is like, hey, got a new job tomorrow. Let's make that money, baby. Get on that grind. And uh, because they're they're scared of the storms and the wind, the people who are going to pay them for their job are willing to pay double. And Anu's like, no, stop. Don't get involved in the war. Don't this is dangerous. This. Yeah, she and he goes off. And then afterwards, Anu's talking to Judo. And she's sort of telling him how these mobile suits were brought on this island. We're being paid to pilot them. And, you know, it basically Neo-Zeon recruiting the locals and paying them to be like mercenary pilots for them. So Judo has to run off to stop them. And we see them in the cove. You know, they're being talked to by these Neo-Zeon guys. And Taman is like, he's the one who gets strong-armed into getting into the Kapool to attack the Argama. And um, as as the Islanders like head out and jump into the new, their mobile suits, the Zeon guys talk. And they're like, uh, should we trust them with this new suit from Axis? Like, it's brand new. And the guy goes... Who would trust an aquatic mobile suit made by people who have never even seen the ocean? I'm not I love that. that That's thing. so good. It's like, yeah, y'all don't know what fucking water is like. You live in a rock in space. It's just like, I ain't getting on that fucking thing. Hell no. Um, but, you know, they, they fucking, Taman gets in it. And Judo's try, trying to, or rather, Taman's going to get in it. And Judo tries to stop him. He pops up from behind a, you know, a crate. And he's like, you shouldn't do whatever you can in the name of survival. But it's like, oh, homie, this is not the kind of show to be saying shit like that in. <laughs> Yeah, and um, he's like, you're going to betray the Argama. And Taman's like, why do you care? You abandoned the ship. And then he punches Judo in the gut and kind of knocks him out. 
But he lays him down yeah. gently as he's falling, which was nice. Well, yeah, I, I, it's a cute touch. He's like, oh, shit, I can't make this guy fucking break his neck, bonk in his head, get some brain damage as I knock him out. <laughs> he's like, Wear I just want gently. him out of my way. I don't want him dead. Yeah. And then he heads out and, like, you know, they roll out and Pull is still looking for Judo and she, like, hears him talking to Anu and, like, Anu's still begging Judo to stop Taman. And Pull flies in and he's like, hey, and then and, and she's very like jealous of Judo and Anu. She's like, who are you? What are you doing? You little hussy tucking my little brother like this. And they uh, both hop into the core fighter and fly off. And she's they like, do. you left me so you could hang around with other girls, didn't you? I, I look, if this is the most drama we get from Pull, I'm glad because it means she's not taking Boryu MDNA pill, you know? Yeah, and and like it's better she's this just way. she's just kind of giving him shit. She I don't think she actually like thinks. No, that. yeah, she's just teasing him. I think. Yeah, as, as she sort of flies off, she flies past the other two cores, and they explain the situation. So they all sort of pop together, and Judo flies ahead to defend the Argama. And L and Eno um, head back in their core fighters to warn the Argama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Judo is like, "All right, time to dive in." And pulls like, "Have you done this underwater before?" And Judo says, "Fuck no," and he just dunks him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this baby can handle a PSI of 200 or 300, which I think is okay. They're not very deep in the ocean, so it's probably fine. And again, it's fucking vacuum sealed because he can do it out in space. So I think he'll be fine. And um, and so we cut over to the the Neo Zeon guys, and one of the mm-hmm. uh, one of the officers is telling everybody, "Okay, first we're going to barrage them, then we'll surface and finish them off." But then as they're about to attack, the double Zeta shows up and does a big shooting. Uh-oh. Yeah, and, and this fight is cool because Judo was like, hero refuses to fire on the civilian uh, pilots. Like, he only wants to shoot the Zeon guys. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to kill these, like, mercenaries. But, you know, uh, Taman doesn't realize this and pulls, like, DMing Taman, trying him to stop. And, you know, one of the, the other guy that Taman came down with tries to retreat. And the Xeon guy just, like, fucking torpedoes him down. He's like, no one's retreating. It's like, Jesus, calm down. They're just, like, guys, this is not good. War is hell. And um, Judo starts shooting at the suits that aren't Taman because he, he knows that one's Taman. He doesn't know if the other ones are pilots or not. But he, he he's like, I can shoot at them. That'll be fine. It's not Taman, at least. Yeah. And, not uh, Taman. One of the civilians that's working with the Xeon uh, forces uh, gets scared and turns to run away. And so the Neo Xeon guy just blows him up yeah that's that that that, that's when he gets blown up and it's just like fucking who and and judo ends up taking out all the zeon soldiers and you know taman is like if it weren't for you i'd be making enough money for four or five years like i wouldn't need to do this and you know judo's like yelling at him he's like crying he's saying it's stupid and reckless like fighting he literally says fighting sucks man you know you can't rely only on yourself you have to rely on other people and use your bonds of friendship do you think this will make your little sister happy what will happen to her if you get killed yeah, and that that's what fucking gets him. Because, you know, coming from Judo, oh, I understand the emotional weight of this. And he, he kind of comes to the realization, he's like, wait, they're using me? I'm not using them? Okay, well, it's yeah. time to go fuck their shit up then. Yeah, he just immediately rockets away. Judo's trying to stop him, but, you know, Taman's not listening. He's flying off, and he goes, he's heading back to the cove where the rest of the uh, suits are. I don't, by the way, I don't know what these... Um, I don't know what these suits are. I think they are. Um, I want to. S- they're they they on. call them um, they call them Zaku's at one point. So I was thinking like they're a type of Zaku, but oh, we never yeah, really they're, see. They're, they're Zaku Mariners is what they're called. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're they're, they're Zaku Mariners. And that's what they're called. 
and then he basically like has the Kapool go full speed ahead and dives out in the last moment and it just like flies into the cove and blows all of the other ones up. But he's fine and Anu's like looking at him from the beach and it's like, oh shit, I was expecting this to have a bad ending. This is actually pretty good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he just hops out at the last second and and uh, wouldn't you know it, everything is hunky-dory and <clears throat> there's big explosion and Anu's waiting for him on the beach and... We get that beautiful last shot of uh, of there just being this nice big rainbow over the beach now that the rain has stopped. It's cute. It's just I like, like wow, shit. I w- again, not expecting a happy ending to this, so I was very pleasantly surprised. Gotta yeah. say, there and like like you said, there is definitely um, probably not the the place for um, <clears throat> it. Probably wasn't his place to tell these people how to live their lives, especially when you know they've been caught up in this war that they didn't want to be in but like mm-hmm. so there there is that kind of like problematic like uh, you know judo doesn't realize yeah. what he's like what he's really saying to these people but it, it had a happy ending and it yeah, was do, do, it was do really as good. i say not as i do etc etc exactly there we go yeah um well well good episodes i gotta say jake i had another fun time this week hopefully next week's not fucking batshit like it usually ends up being <laughs> you know i uh I gotta see some. I gotta see some new aquatic suits. I'm always a huge sucker for anything aquatic, so so I had a pretty pretty happy time. Yeah. So I think. Hmm. I'm trying to figure it out for the schedule next week. I might as well just say it on air because if we do three episodes next week, we'll be cutting into a two parter, which is called Lena's Blood. By the way, don't fucking Ooh. like that. So we'll talk about it. We might just do two episodes next week and then amend the schedule because we'd end up doing two episodes anyway because like the last episode would be two episodes. But maybe we should anyway. We we might we might amend the schedule a bit just to make it make more sense to do a two parter. So we'll see. Um, maybe we'll do fucking four and one week like some maniacs who could possibly say. It? But I don't know. <laughs> so uh, production meeting over. Good work team. I have a little segment, a small one today as usual. It's a Beyond Toon world because I don't really have time right now to think of anything else to do. (laughs) But we have a lot of voice actors we can go through, so it's fine anyway. You're going to love this. Trust me. Beyond Toonball! And this one's actually pretty cool, Jake. So let me tell you about Junichi Kanemaru. He was born October 27th, 1963, in Kofu, Yamanashi, Japan. Oh, by the way, he is... So so, so, so this is what got me. He's the voice actor for Chimotter the um colony one guy the side one guy who was oh, like yeah okay i'll help the argama sneak around yeah, yeah yeah and i was like wow why does this guy have a like a voice role like is he important short answer yes um <laughs> so, so Junichi kanemaru he worked at a military radio station as well as a dj in shinjuku japan and he basically like he kind of stumbled into voice acting i think he like for one of his really earliest roles he got the uh you know, he got the call that he was going to be a voice actor and read the script, like, right immediately before he had to actually record his line. So he, like, stumbled into it. But he does good work because he started out in 1985. Urusei Yatsura was his first role. I don't, you know, again, it's a mid-80s anime that I haven't seen, haven't really heard of either. But he's had a lot of, like, smaller roles. He was in a couple Sailor Moon um, series. Is 1986, obviously, Chimater and Double Zeta. Uh, another robot show. He was 1991 in Getter Roboco. He was Yuji Muto, shockingly <laughs> similar to our, our our little card game boy. Um, I, I think his the role that he like 
stumbled into with the script and everything was Hayato Kazami in future GPX Cyber Formula. That sounds fucking cool as hell. Uh, one that you might recognize, Jake, in 2001, in Digimon Tamers, he was Ryo Akiyama, the guy who had um, Cyber Drama on. Fucking Ooh, love that guy. Okay. He's done a couple of um, dubbing roles in TV shows and stuff. In Dora the Explorer, he's Swiper. <laughs> right on. Swiper, no swiping. Um, again, so many of these voice actors are voice actors for the fucking Thomas and Friends TV show. But he was the characters of Henry, Porter, Carlos, and Owen. But this is only notable because he succeeded Henry, the role of Henry, from Henry's previous uh, voice actor, Ryo Horikawa. And now, Jake, you might know Ryo Horikawa as the Prince of All Saiyans. Oh, shit. Yeah, so he took over for fucking Vegeta for Thomas the Tank Engine character. Um, oh, yeah, and um, and, and one, one, one last small, non-notable role. Um, he's been the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog ever since 1998. Oh, okay. That's, <laughs> I've heard of that guy, I think. Yeah, a little, little blue fucking freak. Yeah, this guy has been Sonic the Hedgehog since Sonic Adventure. Since Sonic had a voice outside of like the early 90s cartoons. Like, holy shit, that's pretty cool. That is really fantastic. Like, he, and he is still Sonic to this day. He is the Japanese voice actor for Sonic. In America, Sonic's had so many voice actors, but in Japan, it's really just been him since the late 90s. Good for him. Did, did he dub him for the new movie? I wonder. Oh, shit. You know what? Let's find out. Re, what was his name? His name is Junichi Kanemaru. Junichi Kanemaru. Behind the voice actors. Um, Doesn't look like it. No, you know what? He dubbed Sonic for the Wreck-It Ralph 2, but not for Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Damn, they did him dirty. Actually, here, I'm going to find out. I'm going to look through Sonic the Hedgehog and see who all incarnations, non-English voice actors, Taishi Nakagawa was the voice of Sonic in the movie, and he's literally only been the voice of Sonic. That's all it says. But he was born five years after I was, so... Fucking love to see people who are talented than me, more talented than me, be younger than me. It makes me feel good and normal inside. <laughs> Anyways, thank you, Tanichi Kanemaru. Thank you, Sonic the Hedgehog. Way past cool. Chili dogs, etc. Jake, we're wrapping up now. So now I have to ask you, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on the twitters.com at Mr. Jakey Poo. Uh, you can also find me on another podcast called A Podcast Most Foul, where my wife and I... Uh, are reading through the Artemis Fowl books. We just released an episode today, like about uh, two hours ago. One finally came out after like, oh, I don't know, three months maybe. Um, uh, a bit of a hiatus. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, we're finally getting back into the swing of things. You can also catch me on uh, Hearts Against Balance, a Kingdom Hearts-inspired actual play podcast in which I am playing the role of Seahawk from She-Ra. Hell Yes. And where can we find you, Mr. Max? Yeah, as for me, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, etc. At Max Bajillion. Got a couple of other shows, including Pot of Greed, the world's number one and only Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast sponsored by Kaiba Corp. That is, we're in the middle of GX right now, having a fucking blast doing that. You can find that on Twitter, at Pot of Greed Cast. And my other show, it's called Slappers Only, it's a video game music showdown podcast. The episode for Monster Hunter World has come out by the time we're recording this. And we'll have recorded our episode on Persona 5 by the time this episode comes out, which is a very, very fun time. Can't wait to do that. 
And let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, yeah, this this show itself, Wild Cool Robot. Go to twitter.com slash wildcoolpodcast. We have a Discord link in there. You can come hang out, talk with us, talk about Gunpla, talk about everything else, really. Uh, go to noisepace.xyz to find this show and many, many more. Is a podcast network made by our friend Matt GameCube. Very, very good time. Love to podcast with my friends. It's the only thing keeping me sane in the year 2021. Um, <laughs> um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, I think it's my turn for Robot of the Week. Show enough. Okay. I'm looking. Okay, okay, okay. Ooh, ooh, I got one. I got one. I got one. My Robot of the Week is the Watcher from Horizon Zero Dawn, which is, I don't know if you played that game, Jake. It I is played a little bit of it. Wonderful game. Watchers are like the most basic uh, machine you see in that game. They're kind of like raptors. You know, they got the tail. They got the little like stubby arms and the legs. And they're very cool looking. They got like big old like these like glowy eyes that kind of like shine light on you when they look at you. Yeah, they're the big old camera boys. Okay, I remember them. The big old camera boys. You can, if you, if you hit them in the, uh, in the lens, it'll like one shot them. It's cool. They're just cute little guys. They're not scary or anything. I mean, they can be if you fight a lot at once, but like, I like them. Watchers are fun. They're cute. We like them. We like them. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. I mean, my voice is very scratchy because I've once again ran out of water. I need to check on my fucking clothes to see if they're actually dry after my girlfriend put them back in the dryer a second time. Hopefully that worked. Otherwise, I'm going to have an angry time trying to fix the dryer. Oh boy. So, Jake, closing, as we always say in the words of Sonic the Hedgehog, war is bad. Wow. Cool robot. You're too slow. Ha <laughs> ha.